0: Resilient and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is The Business of Blueberries. Here's your host, President of the U.S. High Bush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist.
1: Well, welcome back to another episode of The Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. Big news from Mississippi this year. The blueberry is now officially the state's fruit. This is thanks to a group of fourth grade students in Mansdale Upper Elementary School. Of course, I think this is a great decision by the state of Mississippi, and I'm excited to welcome Representative Jill Ford onto the show, who filed the legislation, as well as the fourth grade teacher, Lisa Parento and two of her students, Logan and Nicole. Thank you all for joining me on the Business of Blueberries podcast.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you.
1: Well, let's start at the beginning because I know our industry has been kind of enamored with this project and this process and what all you've been doing. But Lisa, I thought we'd start with you. How did this project get started in the first place? Could you just kind of give us an overview like, of all things that you guys work on at school? Give us some insights from your perspective.
2: Yeah, legislation is definitely not in the state curriculum for fourth graders. Um, <laughs> we read as a part of our social studies curriculum, just as a supplement, we read scholastic news. And they they help the kids get outside just social studies information. And we do it every other week. Well, we always sit down as just this fun little activity. We just read an article together. We talk about it. We answer those questions and then um, we move on to math. And one of those in October, we read about a group in Kansas who created legislation as well to make the Sand Hill Plum their state fruit. And so, of course, you know, the first thing asked was, well, does Mississippi have a state fruit? And Honestly, I had no idea. So we Googled some things and it said, no, there was no state fruit in Mississippi. And of course, you know, in my mind, it was like, okay, done. We're moving on to the next thing. Well, one of the students just yells out, we need a state fruit. And we had no more class after that. It was all, well, what's the state fruit going to be? What do we need? And so um, we did research. We just kind of did a quick research that determined some possibilities of state fruits. And of course, we were just playing around. And so we found some mostly grown fruits in Mississippi. Blueberry came up as number one. And then we found, you know, of course, watermelon, some like citrus fruits, surprisingly, that we were very surprised to see that. And tomatoes at recess. That was the only thing they talked about. They took a vote at recess to see which fruit they <laughs> wanted to
1: choose. And I wonder um, if there was a vote involved.
2: There was. They polled. They voted. They all kind of agreed. It was kind of between watermelon and blueberry, really, and and strawberry. But, you know, I reminded them, as we do often in class, everything you decide, every opinion you have must be supported by facts. And so we did a little more research, a little more digging, and we found that we could prove, if anybody asked, why we wanted blueberry. So it went from there. Of course, we thought it was just some silly idea, And I was kind of like, well, I I don't know what to do now. I mean, you guys want this, but I don't know where to go. So a little more research. We found out that Jill Ford was a representative of the area. And I reached out expecting nothing. You know, she's a busy lady. I expected nothing. And it probably was the next day I had a phone call. So she just loved our idea and ran with it.
1: Well, and so let's turn it over to Representative Ford. You know, you get a phone call. I'm sure you get lots of phone calls and lots of constituents requests and concerns and complaints. And so you get this phone call. And where does it fit on your radar screen of priorities in the moment?
3: Actually, it was an email that Lisa sent to me. And I get hundreds of emails a day. But I usually, uh, when it comes to law enforcement and teachers, I make sure that I read those that are from my district. A lot of emails that I get, of course, are from associations and different lobbying firms. But I saw that it was an email from a teacher in my district. And I read it and immediately thought, What a great opportunity for these kids to get to see what the legislative process looks like. And I am honored that they reached out to me and so uh, responded back. And um, honestly, y'all must realize we had over 3,000 bills dropped in the Mississippi legislature this year and probably only 300 passed. And so I didn't want to get their hopes up too much because I didn't want them to feel defeated, but I didn't want them to learn the process. And so from that point, I said, let me come out there. Let me bring a PowerPoint presentation, introduce to them who their governor is, their House of Representatives speaker and pro tem and who their lieutenant governor is. And so I had pictures of everyone. We, we role played a lieutenant governor in the house and and I explained to them that it had to go through this committee first to be voted on and then this committee. And I tried to incorporate them in the process so they would have some skin in the game. I didn't want to just hand it to them. I wanted them to understand how important this was. I still don't know if they truly understand the volume of this because these kids are now superstars. We're sitting here talking to y'all from California been on Good Morning America uh, CNN News, Fox News, they're little superstars because they did what I asked them to do from that PowerPoint presentation. And I'm going to let Lisa tell you what all they did.
1: Well, and let's bring them in because I think the rest is history and history in the making as they went through that process. So I think we're asking you, you know, Nicole and Logan, do you feel like you understand the the process that you went through, that that the history that you made in Mississippi as this legislation was passed. Are you starting to really feel the the amazing work that you accomplished?
4: Yes. <laughs> and no. I don't understand the full process, but I
2: kind of understand it. You got a glimpse. Um, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Nicole? Well, yes. <laughs> you understand? No. You made I, history. I, we did. Do y'all yeah. believe that?
5: Yeah, no. Like not, not really. No. <laughs>
2: I know. We, we're kicking ourselves over here that it actually happened. And, you know, what better? They, they got to understand the branches of government and the way they work together without reading it in a textbook. So that was that was really cool to let them experience that
4: firsthand. That really cool.
1: Well, and let me ask, uh, Nicole and Logan, were you always focused on the blueberry? Was that your first pick or... or- Talk about the debate your class had between watermelon, strawberries, and blueberries. Like, how did you feel about landing on blueberries?
4: Well, I'm going to get something off topic, but it's still about blueberries, kind of. So me and my dad and my mom moved houses, okay? And then we uh, got to the house, uh, the house that we moved in, and then I started uh, Manstow. But what we didn't know was there was a blueberry tree in our backyard my dad was just like Callie why is there so many uh birds on that tree so he went to check it out there were blueberries on it
1: <laughs> well this is personal for you you're basically a blueberry farmer at this point
4: kind of <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that's a great story so blueberries were your number number one choice so Nicole how about you
4: um,
5: I picked blueberry because while I was just eating blueberries, I thought of, like,
4: it could have just been, like, a better idea just to, like, pick blueberries. It'd be, like, a perfect screw. They're also nutritious, and, uh, yeah, they're nutritious,
2: nutritious. And we found that they could be grown by um, anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you have some seeds. Yeah. Yeah, we found through research that, you know, it's grown commercially here, but any person can have them in their backyard and that it applies to everyone.
1: And so maybe we could talk a little bit about what your favorite part of this project was. What was it that you enjoyed the most about starting with this conversation in your classroom, voting on making sure that it's blueberries, and then taking it to Representative Ford for passing at the legislature? So what was your favorite part?
4: Well, my favorite part was writing uh, letters because you just get to reach out to your representatives and then they just uh, take time and read it. That's just, it's just amazing.
5: That was your
1: favorite part. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, Nicole, what was your favorite part?
5: I think it's the same with Logan Sesty because while the rep- representatives are um, reading our um, letters, it would make me feel really happy and excited.
1: Wow. That's encouraging to hear, you know, Representative Ford, as you experienced the letters coming to you, were there letters that were going to other members?
3: Yes, that was part of the PowerPoint that I presented to them and ideas for them to lobby the legislature. And that was to handwrite each representative. And so every representative and every senator got a handwritten letter from at least one child. And then I asked them during the committee, uh, the day of the committee, if make blueberry muffins or do a blueberry basket or something for me to hand to the committee chairman to set this bill apart. And so before it went before the House chairman, I was able to take her a basket that they prepared for me and handed it to her and got a picture with her. And she, of course, had can you say no to a bunch of four presented a basket to you. And then um, when it passed the House by a hundred and so votes versus, I think there was one nay vote, but um, he just be funny, I think. He says he you
1: don't think it was politics? Yeah, you don't think it was fruit politics? It,
3: it was partisan politics, I say. But we then sent it to the Senate and I did the same thing. They made me blueberry muffins. I took up there. I handed it to the lady. She actually sent us back a picture of her with the silver platter with the muffins on it saying, I'm on my way into my committee meeting now. So we got everybody involved. And I think that's part of the process. There's so many bills coming through. We have to set that bill apart. And I knew that it wasn't going to be hard because the children had something to do with it. But they had to see, again, the kids had skin in the game. And from that point on, once it passed the house, and became an item. All the House members were watching to see how the Senate voted on it. So it, it truly has been a fun bill for us all to get involved in. In fact, the day before yesterday, I was at an event for Intergy, Mississippi, packing lunches for tornado victims that happened here in Mississippi in Rolling Fork. And one of the daddies of the students came up to me and he said, you don't know who I am, but I have to hear your name every day. My daughter loves you because you helped them pass the blueberry bill. This has been the best marketing campaign for Jill Ford as much as it has (laughs) <laughs> thankful that my effort paid off as well as their effort and that we now have a state fruit and truly have made history. And that's what I hope that these kids understand. They've made history. When their children are in the fourth grade, they're going to be able to tell their children, you made history in the fourth grade because you had a good idea. And so often we have good ideas, but we don't do anything about them. And Thankfully, Ms. Parental did do something about it and she reached out to me and and I loved the idea and I'm thankful that we're able to share with you today just what the process looked like.
1: Well, not just what the process looked like, but I will say that what you all did, especially in the area of government affairs and politics, uh, going through this process, I think was inspiration for everyone to watch because it was such a refreshing appreciation for the process that you lose in today's politics, oftentimes that these are the things that can be done for good. And what you all worked on was something for a state to be proud of, something that you were excited and passionate about, and uh, something that I think to your point, you look back on and, and you made history and not everybody gets to have that experience. And, and that's what makes the legislative process so, so important to society and people. So an amazing job by everyone on your team. Well, I have a lot more questions about this project, but before we go there, it's time for our crop report. There's a lot of things happening in the domestic season with it ramping up, and we have more and more states joining each week. So here, once again, is your Blueberry Crop Report.
0: It's time for your Blueberry Crop Report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry growing areas. Today, you'll hear from Darren Wheeler in Georgia, Jody McPherson in North Carolina, Eric Staffney reporting for Mississippi and Louisiana, Matt McCree in New Jersey, pat Gowen in indiana elise oliver in california tj Hafner in oregon mario ramirez in mexico and alan schreiber in washington this was recorded on may 17th 2023.
6: good afternoon my name is darren wheeler and i'll be providing the blueberry report for georgia georgia growers are nearing the end of the southern highbush 2023 harvest most growers in the southern region have finished up all mid-season varieties and only have legacy left to harvest. Some growers in that region are starting to harvest lead varieties of rabid eye. Growers in the central and northern region are still harvesting farthing and legacy and anticipate picking lead varieties of rabid eye next week. This week's extreme heat and daily afternoon showers have caused the crop to move really fast and challenge growers to keep up with harvest. The current forecast for the state is 55 million pounds fresh and 20 million pounds
7: processed, and that is my
6: report. Jody McPherson, given the crop report for North Carolina for week 20. North Carolina is in uh, full harvest of early variety blueberries this week. A little on the dry side, but we're we're very happy to be in the situation we are with rainfall uh, labor it's adequate. Crews have come in and seems like right in the nick of time. We're staying ahead of uh, our production, which is a good thing. And we seemed seen uh, for North Carolina peak week will be the week first week of June, and that will be overlapping of mid-season varieties and the legacy varieties. So as far as this week, my guesstimate, it would be, we've probably hit five to this point to date, probably five to seven million pounds so far.
7: That's it. It's Eric Staffney reporting from Mississippi, Louisiana. The freeze in, in March was devastating for us. Um, many growers were reporting 80 to 85% loss. There was very few southern highbush harvested last week with uh, legacy camellia, but very, very low volumes. Looks like early rabbit eyes, such as the Lapahaw, will start next week. Again, those are going to be very low volumes. We may not see much of anything come out of Mississippi until June. And even then, many growers have taken insurance claims and zeroed out their, their harvest. So it's just about a complete loss out of Mississippi this year. If we do see anything, it probably will be 200,000 pounds. Or- or less.
6: This is Matt McCree giving the report for New Jersey. Right now, we're kind of in that waiting period uh, in between getting ready to start harvesting by the 10th of June. Looks like so everybody's getting their packages ready and uh, irrigation's ongoing. It is dry here. Talking to some of our uh, labor force guys, and they think uh, labor should be adequate to start harvest. Looks like poundage. It's about 42 million total prediction, 30 fresh and 4 million process. And that's all I have to report.
2: Good morning, I'm Pat Goen and I am reporting for the state of Indiana. Uh, We are still here in bloom. Early varieties are probably 80 to 90% of petal fall. Mid-season varieties about 50. And the later varieties are just about at 10% petal fall. Pollination has been very good this year, Um, not only with the uh, honeybees that we have, but the natural pollinators as well. We've seen a whole lot of beneficial insects, so that has been good. Uh, Weather's been favorable. Uh, We could use a little bit of rain. The fruit that's on the bushes seem to be developing nicely
5: good morning everyone this is elise oliver with the california blueberry commission i'm here to give the weekly crop report. we're still projecting our original numbers of 80 million pounds total with 55 million pounds fresh 25 million pounds processed we are definitely harvesting now in the central valley of california the temperatures last week and this week are almost every day has been nearly 100 degrees So with the warm weather, we'll see if we're able to catch up since we were pretty delayed due to the colder weather in the winter. And we've heard from our growers here in the Central Valley that quality um, is looking good. And that's it from California.
8: Hello, everyone. Here, Mary, with the Mexican Blueberries Report for Week 19. During Week 19, Mexico exported 7,430,000 pounds of fresh blueberries to the United States, And another £269,000 to other destinations around the world. With this, Mexico exported a total of £7,700,000 of fresh blueberries worldwide. 9% of this volume was organic blueberries, that means £640,000. This week, the total exported volume decreased 29% respecting previous week. And in frozen blueberries, the exportations decreased to 50% with a total volume of 36,000 pounds. With this volume, Mexico represents only 1% of the total United States importations for frozen blueberries. The total volume for the season at this week is 159,369,000 pounds. That's all in my report. Thank you very much.
7: All right, good morning. This is T.J. Hafner doing the crop report for Oregon. Um, At this point, no changes to our projections, still looking at 165 million pounds total, 90 of which is gonna be fresh and uh, 75 uh, processed. We've had a long stretch of dry, warm to hot weather here recently, and the 10-day forecast still looks uh, warm and dry, so we've had great, great weather for bee activity. We did have some temperatures over the weekend here that reached up into the, the low to mid 90s, so we do have some concerns about how that might impact pollen germination. At this point, we're not making any, any adjustments. Disease pressures, pretty low. Uh, insect pressures, low. We're shaping up to do pretty well here this year, I think. Still anticipating kind of average to maybe a little above average yields for, for most everything here. There are some rabbit eye varieties here in Oregon. It's a pretty small part of what we do, but they do have a lot of winter damage more than average i would say but again that's a pretty small part of what we're we're doing here in Oregon
9: this is Alan Schreiber reporting for Washington and i can just say what tj said i will tell you we've had close to ideal conditions for pollination as he said it's going to be warm and dry in the forecast and so it will continue to have near perfect conditions for for pollination we're in full bloom across the state Um, almost every variety is is blooming with the exception of our our latest varieties in the warmest areas of eastern washington duke and early varieties which basically is duke are at fruit set the uh, overall disease pressure is almost non-existent insect pressure is non-existent Uh, The exception we have is we are seeing shock starting to show up. It happens every year. It does not seem to be worse than normal. Uh, We've yet to have a plant test positive for for scorch. I would tell you because of the temperature bloom is moving very quickly. I don't know what that will mean. It will have some consequences for us Sometimes when we have uh, extended pollination periods, uh, the harvest is spread out. So there is some speculation that we might have a little more consolidated harvest, but it's too early to tell. With this extended period of above average temperatures, we are wondering if we are going to be moving to an on time or close to an on-time start to harvest and i don't think there was anything in tj's presentation or mine that would suggest that we're going to have a average harvest at this point i i think things are looking this point i think it would take a fairly significant widespread and catastrophic weather event or events for us not to have a above-average harvest.
1: Well, thanks so much to our busy growers and colleagues who take time to participate in these reports. As a reminder, you can go to the new USHBC website where you'll find our Data and Insight Center to see more data of what's happening in the blueberry industry, including USDA shipping price and movement, retail category performance, retail sales reports, and much, much more. Make sure you go to ushbc.org forward slash data to check that out. Okay, let's get back to these kids and today's episode about the new state fruit of Mississippi. So I do want to ask Representative Ford, you know, it sounds like it went really well from PowerPoint to the governor's desk and you had one vote, but was there anything along the way that you found difficult or that was a challenge? Was there anything that the students ran into or you ran into? Is there anything behind the scenes that that took place that, made this a challenge from your perspective? The,
3: a part of me was concerned that the other industries like the strawberries and the watermelon, those farmers were going to get wind of it. And if they had, and thankfully they didn't, they would have their lobbyists at the Capitol lobbying against it. Because, you know, when you're able to use a marketing tool to say this is your state fruit the blueberry farmers of mississippi should be using this now as their marketing tool and it's going to set the blueberries apart even more we all know it's the healthiest fruit but now it's going to be the state fruit and so i was concerned i think i told miss parent all that i was concerned from the beginning that we didn't want to we didn't want it to become too big too fast i wanted to get it under the radar and get it passed before it became news but there was a news anchor that took an interest in the story, Courtney Ann Jackson from WLBT, and she went out to the school, she interviewed the kids, and just the whole process started doing what you're doing, started, you know, following the story. And so that's, I believe, how the other networks picked it up. And she followed it all the way through the day the governor signed the bill. And so I think the people of the state of Mississippi have enjoyed a piece of legislation that we could all feel good about. Everybody can feel good about this. If you don't like blueberries, I'm sorry. You're missing out. But you can at least be excited that these kids have the ability and the desire to do something outside of just reading it in a book.
1: Absolutely. Well. It's a fascinating experience that you all went through. And I got to imagine for the students. And so Logan and Nicole, for you as uh, Representative Ford, worked with you to bring this to the governor's desk, you know, all along the way. I mean, were you cheering when it passed the House and were then you cheering when it passed the Senate? I mean, what was that process like?
4: Well, we had a party, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ms. Parenteau actually convinced Crumble Cookies to make us uh, some blueberry cookies for the party now. <laughs> yeah.
1: No way. They got crumble cookie to make blueberry cookies. <laughs> yes,
4: yes.
1: Well, that's its own story. We're going to have to have you back on another show.
4: That <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so, okay. Were you, were you then having a party after every passing of the, of the bill, or did you just have one big party when it was over?
4: It was like uh, we celebrated sometimes, but we didn't really have a party. That one was like when it passed the Senate.
1: Oh, because when it passes the Senate, you party. OK,
4: yeah, that just made more, more excitement.
1: Absolutely. And so then talk to me and I'll turn this over to Nicole first and then Logan jump in. But Nicole, when when you were in the governor's office, how did that feel like when you was finally at the desk and you were there with the governor of Mississippi about to sign the bill? What did that feel like?
5: I feel like kind of nervous, but also happy about it. Since we had, like, had to do, like, all this, like, hard work of, like, writing a lot of um, letters and, like, trying to um, believe that the blueberry can, like, become a state fruit.
1: So you were pretty excited to be there?
5: Yes, yeah. So
4: How
1: about you, Logan? What did it feel like to be in the, with the governor that day?
4: Well, I was really happy. I was also nervous because what if he said no? We all got around his desk and then we did a whole bunch of talking about the legislative Good. progress. Yes. And then he asked us a question, Do you want me to sign the bill? And we all said, uh, yes and then uh once he was finished, Miss Perinto got to keep the pin that was used to sign the bill. How cool.
1: That is amazing. And how what a memory for you all and certainly, you know. An accomplishment uh, for the state. So to be sitting there seeing this unfold, I'm excited for you. Just you know, imagining it. Uh, But what a proud moment for your teacher, for your parents, and obviously Representative Ford, who saw it all along the way to get to that point. Because had he not signed it, you got a whole house and a senate behind you saying, "Hey, we need you to sign that bill." You guys did a great job. So uh, Logan and Nicole, do you think this is going to have an impact on encouraging more people in Mississippi to eat blueberries?
4: I think more blueberries will be grown, yeah. <laughs> maybe, and I don't know, honestly. It depends They I've never heard blueberries or like they don't like it. <laughs> but yeah, but maybe they'll try the jumbo ones. Oh, yeah. I don't like the little ones. I like the big ones. You like the big
1: ones. <laughs> yeah, I understand. So have you noticed that your class is eating more blueberries?
4: Yes, actually. <laughs> uh, someone actually brought them to lunch today.
1: There we go. So look at that influence already. Now, are you eating more blueberries?
4: Yes. I I'm do. also planting them in my garden.
1: That's right. That's right. I am talking to the farmer of the, of the group. So, Nicole, are you eating more blueberries now that you've passed the bill for Mississippi?
5: Um, yes.
1: Yeah. You just naturally find yourself an ambassador now, so, which was really what we're counting on. You know, this, this doesn't just stop with the signing of, of the bill. You are all now ambassadors for the state of Mississippi in promoting blueberries.
4: I hope my uh, children do the same when I get married.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and Representative Ford, you know, where does this go from here from your perspective? I mean, has there ever been a similar effort to push a state fruit?
3: That's a great question. And let me say that I rode with some gentlemen yesterday. We were in the car for four hours together and and they were representatives. One was the Speaker of the House and the pro tem was in the car and he said that he was at the Capitol yesterday and a group of kids were there. And one of them asked him what the state reptile was that they wanted to present a bill for the state reptile. And he said, who knows? I have no idea if we even have a state reptile. So these children have challenged all the children in the state of Mississippi. If they want to be known like Mansdale Elementary School is, then they're going to step up and start thinking outside the box as well. So I'm so proud of them. I feel like they're my grandchildren now. I just I love them so much and I'm excited for what this is doing for them.
1: Well, fantastic! And excited what it's done for the state, and certainly, again, I think just the heartwarming story that this represents for our process—you know, as a society, as as folks who count on a process to get things done—this was uh, something. You know that could have been done years ago, hadn't been done, could have been picked up by somebody else for different reasons, industry as an example. Um, But to have it come from this classroom, uh, certainly Lisa, your leadership in the classroom, and then Representative Ford, all the way to the governor's desk. It's just a really remarkable story. It's one that, if anything, it's inspiring other teachers around the country to think about what they could be doing with their students in a similar way. So uh, this has been a remarkable story. One that we're fortunate involves blueberries, which is while you're on our podcast and the listeners here are going to be very encouraged by what you all accomplished. And so uh, it's been great to have you on the show. Is there anything else that any of you would like to add before I let you go?
4: Do you want to add uh, anything? Well, actually I have. Things I would add. <laughs> so one of them is completely off topic. Okay. <laughs> so I was at my brother's soccer game and then I just told uh, someone that was uh, on my team, I said, what's the state fruit of Mississippi? She said, I don't know. I said, blueberries. I made it the state fruit. Then she asked me, do you know what all the other state fruits, I mean, not fruits, but all the other state things are. She asked me what the state tree was, the state flower was, the state, all those things, even the reptile.
1: Yeah. Did you get them all? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you nailed the one that mattered most. So good job.
4: The other thing is, can we read our articles? Does if they have one?
2: time, we'll we'll read yeah. the articles. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> they are so excited. They're getting media exposure. They're they're learning how to talk to adults on a level of understanding of something, and it, it's really cool. They're they're learning more than just you know social studies. They're learning a lot of skills and other things about you know the way the business world works and um, some pretty pretty cool stuff they've done a lot of writing and a lot of learning so yeah nicole what do you have
5: so whenever um the blueberry became the state fruit, i wrote this like this whole um paragraph like a storybook about how we um made the um blueberry the state food and like what what was the process about it
2: yeah she wrote a
5: whole book
1: Wow. And, and, and that book is available for anybody today? Is it online? Where does this book exist?
2: Well, right now it all is in my, um, my little binder of blueberry things, but um, I, I probably need to get on to some sort of publication. To-
1: <laughs> well, let us know if there's anything we can do to help, because we would love to be able to continue to promote the work that you all did and certainly continue to celebrate because this is a really remarkable accomplishment. We're really proud of you. I can speak on behalf of all of our industry who's listening and not listening to this podcast, how much this means to them. And uh, on behalf of our industry, on behalf of the two councils, uh, just thank you to the class. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Representative Ford. Uh, This is really quite an accomplishment, one we're very proud of for you, but really exciting for all of you to have gone through that process and experience all that you've experienced in making this history for Mississippi.
2: Thank
3: you for taking time for us today.
2: Yeah, thanks for reaching out. They have uh, been thoroughly impressed with all of the blueberry items they've received, and they have been thrilled to know that somebody in another state from them is interested in what they're doing.
1: And we look forward to potentially uh, seeing you wearing some blueberry swag. We want to make sure the classroom feels like they've been outfitted with uh, things that we we create that you should all have in terms of hats and shirts and things. Oh yeah. uh, They, they
2: have their hats. Okay, good. (laughs) Yes. Those blueberry stickers are on their Chromebooks and all kinds of things. So they are super excited about all that stuff.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Well, there's more to come. Uh, I know we've got an exciting activity planned for all of you in the classroom there. So uh, I won't, I won't steal that thunder, but before we go, I think it would be fun to end the show. Like we end a lot of shows with this hearty go blueberries. So if you want to join me before we wrap up the show, it'd be fun to get everybody here to say, go blueberries. How about that? Okay. Here, I'm going to count it down. Three, two, one.
3: Go blueberries. blueberries.
1: Well, that's it for episode 136. What a unique one. How fun was that? But I want to thank all of you for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on The Business of Blueberries.